I want us to create partnerships with our community. It's not, we, we really impress this upon our new employees. It's not an us and them. This is government working with our community. That's embedded into how we do our, our business. And so we want we want that engagement and we want uh, we want your help to preserve that Ben culture. You know, it's a welcoming community. It has a history of being a welcoming community. Let's not let's not stop that and devolve into our factions. Let's create a place that everybody feels connected. Welcome to Cascade Views, a discussion with Central Oregon leaders. Your host is Michael Sype, local business and community leader, best-selling author of The Avada Principle and candidate for Oregon State Representative for House District 53, which encompasses Southern Redmond, Sisters, Tumalo, and Northern Bend. The purpose of these discussions is to share the views and insights of local leaders from a variety of community sectors on a range of timely and important regional and state issues. With that, now here is your host, Michael Sype. Thanks for joining us on Cascade Views. This is Michael Seip, and I'm excited to welcome Eric King, the city manager of Bend, to the show today. Eric began his career in local government working for the city of Portland. In his 10 years there, he worked on a variety of projects and programs focusing on economic development and program management. He began working for the city of Bend as assistant city manager in April 2007 and accepted the position of city manager in May 2008. Eric was born and raised in Madison, Wisconsin. He has a master's degree in urban and regional planning and a graduate certificate in real estate development from Portland State University. Eric currently serves on the Kids Center Board and has served on the Visit Bend and Oregon City County Managers Association boards, as well as volunteered with Start Making a Reader Today Smart, promoting early childhood literacy. Eric's joining us today to talk about the city of Bend and all the multifaceted parts in managing a city. So it's my pleasure to welcome him to the show. Hi, Eric. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate the opportunity. You bet. Let's dive right in. We've got good ground to cover today. In the introduction, I mentioned that you are the city manager of Bend. So give us a brief education on the various ways that cities can choose to govern themselves. Yeah, happy to. And I think it's really great to, to have just some basic civic uh Lessons right now, and it gets complicated in all the levels of government, federal, state, and at the local level. Uh, cities really um, have a lot of discretion there. Um, there's what's called home rule, meaning that um, cities uh, charter themselves to define their services, their responsibilities. So Ben has a city charter that was adopted in 2000. I'm sorry, in 1911, um, and it's been changed five times. It really is our governing document, like our constitution at the local level that defines our core services and our roles as city council and city manager. Um, happy to, to go into more detail. We, we do have something in, in, uh, that's unique here in Bend um, in that we have a decentralized local government where we have separate uh, taxing dis- districts for parks and library and 911 and um, but in general, the cities uh, in Oregon and really across the country have a lot of discretion for the services they provide and, and how they're governed. So what do you see as some pros and cons in terms of different ways of, of governing? Because so you worked in Portland. Portland's different than Bend and its methodology. And what, are, what do you see as some of the pros and cons of different forms of city government? Yeah, sure. I mean, for, basically, there's there's three types of local government. There's what's called the strong mayor. So a lot of large cities, uh, predominant form of government, government if you're over 250,000 in population. And I think a lot of folks when think of cities, they think of strong mayor. Mayor 
uh, maybe hires and fires the department heads and really has a strong hand in running the city almost as an executive. Um, Seattle, San Francisco, New York City, those are all strong mayor forms of government. The commission form, as you mentioned, Portland is one of the only cities that has a that form of government where it's a hybrid where you have elected officials that play both a role in directing the operations of the city. Maybe they're hiring and firing department heads, but then they also set policy. They're doing both. Um, it's more common to see that a version of that in county government where um, you might have county, in our case, in Deschutes County, you have county commissioners that are really almost like full-time employees, um, and uh, they're creating legislation. They, they don't necessarily have a hand in running the city, but they're more involved. And then what Bend has and what is the predominant form of local government for cities under 250,000 in population is what's called council manager form. And that was developed in the 1920s, really in an era of a lot of um, corruption. And so the council manager form is really meant to professionalize uh, local government, really clear separation between the legislative policymaking role and the administrative uh, running the the day-to-day functions of the city. I mean, the city is, you know, our core services really don't have a lot of of, uh, politics associated with them, making sure that we have water and sewer and uh, that we're delivering public safety services, et cetera, that, that there is a kind of a, a clear line of delineation between the professional management of the city and then the policy making. So that's that's the policy that we have here, or the, the form of government we have here in Bend. So help me understand this just a little bit more in terms of the city manager form of government and, and what we have in Bend. So um, can you just kind of break down simply for me how it works and kind of what's the, the role of the city manager versus say the mayor or, or the city council. And let's let's just stick with how it is in Bend. Sure, yeah. So in Bend, uh, my role as a city manager, much like a, a CEO would be of a private company, my job is to uh, really create the, the team. Um, we have 750 employees. So my, I start with our, our leadership, our, our department heads. So hiring and firing of the department heads, making sure that they are executing our strategic or operational plan to run the day-to-day activities of the city's core services, calls for service for public safety, water and sewer, uh, our, uh, our our plans for, for growth, um, and all the administrative support needed to, to run the city. Um, I also uh, help to really cr- to, to manage the board of directors or the city council in this case, to make sure that they are uh, creating good policy and it's informed by um, rules, regulations, the things, the context that we have to work with, but they, they, they're also given the freedom to reflect community values. And so we do that through active goal setting. So but my job is to make sure that there's that structure for them to operate within. And then my job is to present a budget and, and an implementation plan for those council goals so that you know the resources are aligned to community priorities. And then also I, I engage with our community partners, so school district, park district, uh, county, et cetera, to solve problems. We have a, a group that uh, is called Team Bend that, that we participate in, and there's many other partners at the state level as well. And then I would say, lastly, my, my role is to act as an ombudsman. So a lot of times there will be problems that uh, occur, uh, interaction that somebody might have with a city department that doesn't get resolved. My job is to sort of help facilitate resolution. 
um, and make sure that our city services are again aligned to community values. And then for the council, their job really is to set policy, is to, to, to think longer term about uh, where the community is going and how to reflect those values into the city operations. They're also the ultimate decision maker on how resources are allocated. So my job is I present a budget, um, but their job as the, as the body is to, you know, make sure that, you know, that that budget ac accurately reflects uh, where the city needs to go. They also oversee our governance structure. So we have about a half dozen boards, committees, commissions that help council do their work. And uh, they make those appointments um, to, those, to those bodies. They also act as a liaison to make sure that that work is getting done. And I'd say lastly, they represent the city in public settings. So they often are the face, uh, ribbon cuttings, um, community events. Um, they, they really helped uh, to, to promote the, uh, the city and, and its, uh, its services. Well, that's kind of a lot, and your job is a huge one. I think the the way you distinguish it as the uh, CEO of the city is really helpful. What's the city budget these days? So you know, it's it's over. We do two year budgets, and it's about a nine hundred million dollar budget over those two years. That can be a little deceiving the, the way that government budget works. So we have to when we issue debt for large infrastructure projects, that gets recorded as debt proceeds. So the budget looks a lot bigger than it really is. So I like to simplify things and to say on when you just look at the revenue, we get about 200 million in revenue per year. Um, that makes it maybe a little more uh, digestible in terms of uh, comparing it to a more of a, a private business is what that revenue stream looks like. Well, as a business guy, you know, a $200 million enterprise, being the CEO of that is uh, is no small job. So thank you for, for doing that. Um, you mentioned some of the... Uh, the services of the city. But one of the things I was wondering, the city has a lot of things going on. And I was just wondering if there was a, was a, something that the city government does, you know, maybe sort of quietly and behind the scenes that maybe most people wouldn't know about, but that actually really makes a huge difference in livability. Yeah. I mean, I, I just go back to our core services and I, I think water and sewer people take a lot for granted, turn on the tap, flushes down the toilet and it all works seamlessly. And, and one of the things that we're really proud of is, you know, as a fast growing city, we've added 30,000 people in my, actually probably more like 40,000 over the last 15 years that I've been here. And our water consumption actually has remained about flat because we've been really efficient with how we use water, how we develop land, et cetera. Um, uh, so that's something that people, I, I think, would be surprised to hear about. I think our, our um, for, good fortune of being in Bend, we actually have a really high cardiac survivability rate. What that means is if you suffer, if you are in a heart attack, our police and fire response times, our training, our collaboration with, between police and fire um, really help to create a safe environment. Um, so we're really proud of that. Uh, I also think that Bend is a fast growing city. And I think we always hear, well, where's all the all this growth, right? Where's what, what, what are we doing to plan for all this growth? There is a lot of work uh, to plan for Ben's population growth and the a connection to sewer and water and transportation infrastructure plans and land use needs um, that are all part of and are happening behind the scenes um, and are all synced up. So uh, we can tell you exactly where our intention is uh, to accommodate all those new folks moving to Ben. It really does work remarkably smoothly when you think about all those different pieces. There, there really are, you know, <laughs> knock on wood or whatever, there, there really are very, very few kind of glitches that as 
citizens we observe. It's remarkable. And the city staff does an excellent job. Uh, my experience with the city has been fantastic. Uh, so um, the fact that that there aren't more things breaking down is just really remarkable. Um, I moved to, to Bend about 20 years ago, just a few years before you started as assistant city manager. And there sure have been a lot of changes in Bend over that time. You mentioned population growth, but maybe what are some of the other key changes that you've seen in your tenure as city manager? Yeah, and I think a good reflection of that is Bend was named the number one best performing small city for three years in a row. Uh, in 2016, 17, and 18, uh, in my tenure, and that is as it attributes is attributed to job growth and wage growth, as well as uh, our diversity of employment. We are really becoming much more economically diverse, um, and I think a lot of that is attributable to you know we have a four-year university, we have great uh, support networks for the tech sector, bioscience, healthcare. Um, so really proud of of that. I, th I think our, our housing mix is really changing, also reflecting the demographic change that's happening in Bend. So, and that we want to continue to be a, an accessible community to everyone. And so having um, not just single family homes available, but homes for uh, folks that are kind of aging out uh, that are retiring to Bend, aging that are retiring to Bend, uh, as well as new folks coming to Bend. Um, and so our housing mix is changing quite a bit. Our neighborhood composition, we really embrace a concept called complete neighborhoods where you were highly amenitized. You have parks and schools and um, access to those neighborhood amenities, restaurants, coffee shops, et cetera. And you're seeing a lot more of that, a lot more parity across Bend. It's not just something that's on, happening on the west side. We're seeing uh, neighborhoods really become more built out, particularly on the east side of Bend. Um, I would say our alignment of, of really looking at the, the backbone of the city, our water, sewer, and transportation infrastructure, and aligning those infrastructure plans with our growth plan. So our, we did a big urban growth boundary expansion in 2016. Uh, we'll be doing, we've just added some land to our UGB recently. We'll be talking more about some foundational work that we're doing to look at our uh, urban growth boundary in the future. Um, and then you know, this this um, this idea of looking at how we are just efficient with it and, and adopting smart growth policies. I mean, Old Mill is kind of a great example of that, taking a, uh, uh, what was our, uh, we were a timber town and taking that land and really uh, making good use of it. And we've got examples of that happening in the core of, of Bend with the Old Mill. It's happening also just near Third Street and other pockets of Bend. And um, I, I'm really proud of the fact that we're growing and progressing in a modern way. We're becoming a city of the future and not necessarily just trying to hang on to some sort of institutional way of doing things. We have innovation is really part of our bloodstream as a community and as an organization. You're right. Bend is, is an awesome place and we could probably spend hours just bragging on it, uh, but there are some challenges. So, you know, give us your perspective on maybe the top three challenges that you see facing our town over the next year or two. And, and then in the next question, I'll ask you to kind of summarize some of the strategies to overcome them. But but first, maybe you could just kind of tick off the, the, the top two or three challenges, issues that you see that need solving. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, really top of the list is housing. <laughs> yes, we've done a lot, but there's a lot more to do. Housing and, and homelessness as a, as a part of that, I would say, number one, uh, right behind that transportation uh, and then growth. And just, I would say managing expectations as part of that growth where, 
people come to Ben and I think they what they thought Ben was going to be and what it what it grows or evolves into it changes over time. And I think uh, just having keeping the community together around that is is a is a major challenge. Yeah. So as the follow up question, then yeah. you talk a little bit about the the current strategies that the city has to address those issues. Yeah. So let's let's talk about housing and homelessness first. And I'd, I'd say housing. In general, well, we, we are just underbuilt. We need to catch up. And I know that that might be hard for some people to hear because I think people move to Ben thinking, can't this, can't we just sort of slow down this growth? Well, one, we don't have going back to our form of government and where we're a city in the state of Oregon, that we don't have the authority or ability to say you stop moving here. We're only going to issue X number of permits. That's not what happens. And when you do constrain um or, or sort of put a cap and say, you know, we're, we're going to not meet the market where it's at, you'll actually make things worse in terms of affordability. So we have a lot of catch up to do in terms of getting more housing built in all forms. So um, that's that's something that we need to continue to, we, we have been doing, we, we need to continue to do. So what's on the list and what's our plan moving forward is we're, we're looking, we're actually going to be starting this next week with council as a uh, a look at our development impact fees, what are, are called SDCs, and really coming up with a more tiered system to incentivize the housing product that we are short on. Uh, we we uh, had some recent legislation, thanks to Representative Zika, to create more a pilot project to expand our urban growth boundary for more affordable housing. That's House Bill 4079. So we'll be implementing that plan. It's a big master plan. Um, Hayden Homes is uh, going to be developing that. That's a a mix of both market rate and affordable housing on the east side of Ben. Uh, as part of our urban growth boundary expansion efforts, we've done an expansion in the southeast area, the Stevens Ranch. Some of it was already in in 2016 and that got expanded. So we're completing master plans and more affordable housing there. Uh, we're conducting an economic opportunity analysis as well as a housing production analysis. Those are fancy words for really understanding how we better align our housing policies to the need. And that will lead to our the question about where the urban growth boundary will be expanded next. We just recently passed uh, local codes to expand what are called what's called middle housing. So duplexes, triplexes, as well as made changes to our code for micro housing for you know for more transitional types of housing for folks. And I would say more flexibility in our core area for that mix of housing, where there's a lot of, I think, support uh, for, for that. I'd say speaking of the core, really looking for public-private partnerships. And so how do we put in, make infrastructure investments in a strategic way to then be able to um, incentivize the private market to build that product. Um, so as a result of all of that, what we've done on the organizational side is create, we've, we've created a housing department. Housing is, was part of our economic development efforts. And we've said it's just become such a focus and we've expanded housing, starting with uh, creating middle income housing um, programs that, that are, that again, speak to those public private partnerships. And so our staff is more aligned to helping the market around middle income housing. We have our traditional affordable housing program. We were the first city in the state to create an affordable housing program that um, has a housing to be guaranteed affordable for typically about a 50 year period. Um, and are, are uh, trying to help our development community uh, create uh, up to about a thousand affordable housing units over the next two years. Um, those are deed restricted, both rental and home ownership opportunities. 
And then um, homelessness, we have gotten into the business of, of just creating the space. We're not running homeless. We, we, we are really respectful of our core services of not providing direct services or you know, mental health, behavioral health services, but creating facilities and zoning and setting the table for more um, really emergency or temporary housing. So we've uh, bought a hotel, uh, another sort of uh, um, low barrier shelter. We have contracts with nonprofits to run to run those facilities. And so speaking of, of homelessness and more specific and more specificity, we've um, expanded our shelter capacity through those things that I just mentioned, uh, repurposing hotels. We have a contract with an outdoor shelter with a, a, a Central Oregon Villages, and they're uh, proceeding with a site right now to uh, kind of a, a tiny home sort of village. We have Veterans Village that recently opened, and we'll have, we have some more in the way of other nonprofits and supporting their work. Uh, we're also regulating our public property, um, including our rights of way. So we're uh, creating a unsanctioned camping code so that we have, uh, we don't, I think nobody wants to see um, you know, camping on the streets and then rights of way and underpasses and overpasses and things. So um, creating more of a, a regulatory environment there. Uh, and then lastly, partnerships. We've recently uh, propped up a, a collaborative office, a city county office, all four cities in Deschutes County and the, and, uh, and the county to um, staff a uh, homelessness office. So this is this is not just a city issue; it's city and county working together to solve it. So uh, those are those are some of the plans around housing and homelessness, transportation. Of course, the transportation bond that voters approve, but we have to go beyond just the capital projects and actually help to improve our pavement. Uh, the pavement condition and look for some additional funding sources at the local level. Um, and, and also, I think we've got some opportunities with federal dollars on transportation to make some investments in the parkway and how the, our local system interacts with the parkway and get better east-west connectivity. Um, there's the Pawthorne Crossing or Midtown Crossing project that's underway um, that we have some funding needs for. And then lastly, as I mentioned, growth and managing expectations of just continuing to keep a sense of civic, uh, that civic lesson of what we're talking about today, understanding how local government works, what, what the roles are, so that people can engage and, and their values can be reflected in, in how we grow and change. But just um, making sure that, you know, you sign up to be part of Bend. Bend is, we're a living, growing city, and we want people to grow alongside with us as partners, not just be in a reactive mode. Well, that's a great segue to to my last question as we wrap up here. This has been super interesting. We could go for for hours, I'm sure, but uh, but we need to kind of wrap this up. So my last question is uh, kind of keying off of what you just said, you and the city staff work really hard to serve all of us, which is obvious from what you just recounted, all of the projects that you're involved in and all the initiatives that the city's engaged in. I mean, this is a lot. So what's the best way we can help you? In other words, what are a couple of ways that we could be the kind of citizens that make your job easier? Well, I think it's just, it's engage with us, really partner, understand the system. The system is not perfect. I'm not trying to say just, just uh, you know, understand it and, and work with it. It needs to be changed and, and evolve over time. And I, I, I want us to create partnerships with our community. It's not, we, we really impress this upon our new employees. It's not an us and them. This is government working with our community that's embedded into how we do our our business and so we want 
we want that engagement and we want uh, we want your help to preserve that Ben culture. You know, it's a welcoming community. It has a history of being a welcoming community. Let's not let's not stop that and devolve into our factions. Let's create a place that everybody feels connected. And um, it means that let's avoid the temptation to just react. Right. We it's really easy to see a problem and just want to form an opinion and react to it. And I think I would just encourage everybody to pause, think, ask questions, get information, um, be part of it, partner. And, and that's 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 playing the long game. And that's what's I think in a fast growing city, I think, and and things are changing rapidly. I think people are more apt to be in the reactive mode and and really resist that. I guess it would be my my ask of everybody to so that my job could be easier is because we want we want to the us to to preserve that culture, think of the long game and really make sure that that Ben remains a viable community for the future. Eric, it's been great having you on the show. Thanks for the work you do to serve the community. My, I got a couple of takeaways from our conversation today. Though Your last point about taking a long view perspective and partnering on, on the challenging issues, I think that's really well made. Um, the other one is actually I've I've just been reflecting as you go through all of this. It really is easy to throw rocks at at, uh, at government, any level of government. It's it's really easy for people to say, "Well, you know, if I were king, here's what I'd do." Or not Eric King, but like <laughs> you know, like King of the Universe, like yeah. that. Um, the uh, you are king. How about that? I just completely fumbled that whole <laughs> thing there. But basically, is that um, things are working really well in so many areas of our city, which is a tribute to you and it's a tribute to the um, the amazing staff that keeps the wheels on this bus. And, you know, as you recounted all the things that you're working on, it's uh, it's really quite remarkable and, uh, and a great takeaway for me that, you know, while there's things that need to be worked on, there are so many things that are working well. And uh, I just want to thank you for that. Oh, no, appreciate it. And um, thank you for taking an interest. That's 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 really part of the battle is just getting information out. And I appreciate this platform. Awesome. Well, my guest for this show has been Eric King, the city manager of Bend. You can find out more about him at bendoregon.gov. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to Cascade Views with Michael Seif. To find out more about Mike, the upcoming election, the key issues he's focused on, and his campaign to represent Central Oregon and Salem as a state representative, visit www.avoiceforcentraloregon.com. That's www.avoiceforcentraloregon.com. You can get your own copy of Michael Sipes' best-selling book, The Avada Principle, at Amazon.com. And finally, please vote in the upcoming election. Your voice matters.